Running all my life, sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Look. I mean, just they were more physical. Uh, they hit us in the mouth, and uh, we just did not recover. Uh, from that, you know, they they were aggressive. 28 points in the paint in the first quarter. I mean, it's just uh, you know, no defense on the ball, uh, no defense off the ball. Uh, weak side help was not there. Uh, that was the more they were the more physical, more aggressive team uh, from start to finish tonight. What up? What up? What up? What up? Welcome to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. This is your boy Dexter, your host, the one and only. Welcome back to another show. And for the ones that been hitting me up about the Phoenix Sun series, them going to the NBA Finals, yeah, I heard it all day, man. I've been hearing it nonstop. Congrats to them for going back to the NBA Finals like in 28 years. Hopefully, the Bucks can do the same thing. We're going to go ahead and you know talk about the Bucks winning game six. Uh, in, in in or sorry, winning game five in Milwaukee today, uh, they pretty much dominate from the rip. But it's crazy; they haven't been to the NBA Finals or have they haven't won a title, I think, since 1971. So that's probably like 50 years plus, I believe. But we're gonna go ahead and dive into it, man. Kudos to them, kudos to them because they showed out. Like they showed out. I think the coach had a great game plan for them, and they pretty much just bullied uh the Hawks like coach Nate McMillan just said in that clip I just posted right before the right after the intro uh but yeah man the Milwaukee Bucks we're gonna go and speak about that and if you are new to this channel and I always say this in every single episode if you're new to this channel go ahead and subscribe hit that bell notification and smash that like button it does help out the video it does help out the channel it pushes the video content to the top so i appreciate the love for the ones that have been supporting since day one can't thank you enough y'all been supporting me since like last year since episode one i think we're what this is episode 28 man it's crazy the transition from the beginning to where we at now present day but enough about that let's talk about game game five in milwaukee Man, they had a bunch of fans out there in the Deer District, right outside. Man, it looks like Jurassic Park, like in like in Toronto, for real. I wish that, I wish every single arena or every single team had the same kind of atmosphere because that'll be lit. Imagine if you can't really go to the game, but you be outside watching this on a jumbotron or a big white screen, a big white uh, projector. That'll be that'll be a great experience. But let's go ahead and dig into the whole situation. Because Milwaukee came out guns blazing from the beginning, straight dominating. I mean, they dominate every single quarter, literally. They dropped, what, 30, 36 points in the first quarter. They controlled the whole entire game. They dropped 32 points in the fourth quarter, closed out. The Hawks kind of blew them out the gates. But, man, what a game by Brooke Lopez. I haven't seen Brooke Lopez balled out like this. Since his Brooklyn Nets days, when he was actually more inside, I mean, I mean, like the first early stages. I mean, even when he was in New Jersey as a net, like he, like he was dominating in the inside, and obviously towards the end of his uh, his stint in Brooklyn or as a net, he was kind of going out there in the perimeter, and that's when he went to the Lakers and kind of 
did the same thing, was a perimeter kind of guy, and then he came to Milwaukee. I mean, that's great. I mean, obviously, Giannis dominates in the paint, so they can't have two of those guys in there. But it's great to see Brooke Lopez showing us the old Brooke Lopez, like, like, like a flashback back in the days. But, yeah, man, what a game by uh, Brooke tonight. I mean, he set a career high. Imagine this guy being in the league for a while. 33 points? I mean, he, I mean, he played a great game. But he, his career high was 29 points. And he topped it off tonight with 33 points. He also had seven boards. And he was just, like, rejecting people out there. He had four blocks. So he was good on both sides of the court today. Very energetic. Uh, very physical. Uh, he was just dunking over people all over the place. Uh, he shot 14 for 18 from the field, so he was very efficient. Um, didn't really see him out there in the perimeter as much as you're accustomed to seeing, uh, but he was dominating the paint. If, if you watch the highlights, if you guys actually seen the game, like he was getting alley-oops. Like the dude was just dunking everywhere, like literally. And if he, and there's times where he, he missed like a dunk because he got stripped. But he still tried to attempt a dunk um, after the fact when he got stripped away, but just showed that... The game plan was to be physical, to dominate inside. Uh, the, the points in the paint speaks for itself. Uh, they dropped 66 points in the paint tonight compared to uh, 36 uh, from the Hawks. Is it 32 or 36? One of those two. But still, I mean, they, they, they've been dominated from there. And I'll go ahead and dive into that a little bit more as, as the show progresses. Um, but in the first half, yeah, I mean, he shot seven for eight from the field in the first half, so very efficient. Um, he had a barrage of dunks. Uh, like I said, the most I've ever seen, um, I think, as a Milwaukee Buck, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think he was doing this, what he did tonight uh, in any of the games he played in the uniform as a Milwaukee Buck. Uh, but that, that's great. He, I mean, he, 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 you know, coach gave him a game plan, and he did. So most of the buckets, like, for him were in the paint. 14 out of 18, majority of that was in the paint. Um, but the Bucks, man, this is crazy. Like, they dominated – even though, like, the series was tied up to this game five, they dominated pretty much inside all night. Um, I think they uh, most of the players were just pretty much going to the paint from what I'm looking at these uh, stats right here. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's great. They, they, they were killing from the beginning. They had 28, 28 points in the paint in the first half uh, compared to, uh, I think they had only 33 point, uh, 32 or 36 points. Uh, overall, as far as the Hawks, they had 66 in, in the home tire in the game as far as the, the Milwaukee Bucks in the paint. But the paint was popping. I mean, they were having, like, it, it looked like the Clippers of the days, like Lob City. Yeah, Drew Holiday collapsing the paint. Alley-oop, alley-oop, alley-oop to Brooke Lopez. So that was a great. They had, actually had a good chemistry tonight. Uh, matter of fact, speaking about the paint, uh, the, the points in the paint, the Milwaukee Bucks outscored the Hawks 298 points in the paint to 200 points. So that's almost damn near 100 points more in the paint. And it's 3-2. So that just shows that the shooting woes from Milwaukee is terrible. Like, I don't think they shot really great from the perimeter this whole entire series. As far as the Hawks, they shot pretty decent. Um, and that's why they kept it really competitive. When you have Bogdanovich... You know, who had a good game today. I think he dropped 28 points. I think he had like eight or nine, whatever it is, three-pointers from the, uh, from, uh, in, in game five. Uh, you have Gallinari that can shoot threes as well. Lou Will's capable of doing that. Trey Young, obviously we know that before he got injured. Uh, you have Cam Reddish that can kind of be sneaky and hit you with those th threes as well. 
Uh, and you have other guys like Kevin Herter of the Worlds that has been splashing on the outside. The only problem is that the game is pretty much dominating the inside of Milwaukee, and that's the reason why they kind of won game five. Yeah, but, like, guys stepped up for Milwaukee Bucks. Like, when Giannis is out, the the, the, the cavalry, right, the, the gang, right, uh, 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 the pack of the Bucks, right, they, they, they showed out today. Like, guys like Bobby Portis, who comes off your bench majority – or actually, only he only he comes off the bench majority of the year unless there's an injury. Brook Lopez, like I, like I kind of spoke about that earlier, uh, he had a great game. Chris Middleton finally came out of his shell. Like how you drop 38 points in in in, in game three, and then shoot six six for like 17 in game four, and it was like MIA. Then comes back today and gives you like 26 points, I believe, or 28 points, somewhere around there. Uh, or he actually had yeah uh, uh, 26 points. Like, he's inconsistent. And, and even though, like, I like Chris Middleton, I think he has one of the best mid-range games, uh, mid-range shots in the game. Even analytics say, hey, it's either outside the three-point or inside in the paint. Obviously, he's, like, he's showing that all these analytic rules, like, hey, you can still win games in the mid-range, like a Chris Paul, like a Devin Booker, who, what they've been doing in the playoffs in the, in the mid-range. Chris Middleton is that guy. Like, there's no one that can stop him. I've been harping about this all the time. You can't stop Middleton in the paint. Or as far as, far as like mid-range, he can get his spot. He can shoot his uh, shot at any spot on the court. Um, guy can hit in your face. He can fade on you. Like he can like as far as like posting up. Like he can go to the basket if he wants to. Like no one can stop you. And today just shows that when when, when Giannis stepped out when he got hurt right in, in, in Game Four. That's all I've been saying. Let's see if Chris Middleton steps up. And obviously he did in, in a big way because they needed his uh, scoring. They needed him to hit crucial buckets. And don't get me wrong, the Hawks were never, like, in the first three quarters, were never blown out. Like, when the, once they got into the fourth quarter, it was gone from there. The league kind of ballooned to, like, 18 points, 20 points, whatever it was. Um, but when the game was so close, neck to neck, he hit big shots. Brooke, uh, Brooke Lopez hit shots. Bobby Portis hit shots. Same thing with Drew Holiday, in a sense. But, yeah, man, Bobby Portis was incredible tonight. Like he had career, he, he also had career numbers too. Twenty two points was his highest uh, points he ever scored in his career. Uh, he kind of came in and filled in the Giannis role in a sense, even though Giannis averages around thirty points or so. But still, those twenty two points are critical, are critical. Like you're looking for that. Like you have a PJ Tucker of the worlds that 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 uh, starts for Bucks because of the injury of another player. But when he starts, he doesn't really give you those points. You know, what I mean, he's more of like a defensive guy to kind of lock up your best player. So where are you looking for these points? But I just felt like even though he played great today and, and, and he's the talk of the town, him and Brooke Lopez, like we don't really see that from Bobby Portis in a sense, right? We don't really see that in, in a Brooke Lopez as far as 33 points, but like the Chris Middleton and the Drew Hodges who come out, they're accustomed they're, they're to doing it. They're just not really consistent as far as doing it. Drew Hodges has been consistent in the playoffs, but Chris Middleton has not. But, yeah, big ups to them. Bobby Portis played great. Um... Drew Holiday played uh, played with a sense of freedom tonight. Like he kind of like was just out there roaming around, playmaking. Uh, if, if if you guys watch the game, there was a lot of you know pick and rolls, pick and pops uh, for Drew Holiday. And if he did create on his own, he was going straight to the basket and and either he would go for a layup uh, or 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 create in a sense like that. He would either dish it out to a Brook Lopez or Chris Milton on the wing or in a sense a uh, uh, Bobby Porter. So Drew Holiday had played well tonight. 
he showed out, no doubt. He dropped 25 points, and he had 13 rebounds. So that kind of just shows you that uh, how great he played for sure. Chris Middleton, like I said, played great. Um, like I said, after he's playing, after he played a, a, poor, a terrible game in, in game four, he played ass to me, you know, part of my language. But uh, he, he's capable of playing better than that. You're an all-star, multiple all-stars. So, yeah, I expect you to continue to do what you got to do in game six in Atlanta. I hope you guys close it out, but we'll wait on that. And like I said, you know, uh, he shot 50%. 50%. So very efficient for uh, Chris Milton for sure. Uh, the Bucks. here's a crazy uh, thing about Milwaukee. I think they scored 100 and – let me just look at the stats here. Yeah, so they, they, they scored 123 points, right? 111 came from the starters. Just let that sink in. Their starters scored 90-plus percent of the points. So they had no bench. Bobby Borders is your bench guy when Giannis was there, but they had no bench. Uh, Pat Cummington cannot really uh, – uh, uh, can't can't be that guy. Forbes can't be that guy. Uh, even uh, 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 Giannis' little, uh, his older brother can't be that guy. Whoever else, like a Jeff Teague, can't be that guy. So they, they don't really have um, a consistent bench scoring. They have to be pretty much uh, dominant from their starting, uh, their starting lineup. And obviously, missing Giannis is a huge part of that. But obviously, when he used, missed this game, their emphasis was to go inside and dominate, which they did. And every single of their starters played well besides P.J. Tucker. But we know P.J. Tucker's game, that's not his game. He's more of a defensive guru. But, yeah, man, they put a clinic on the Hawks. I mean, they wiped them out. The same thing the Hawks did in game four when they ran a clinic without Trey Young. And they had Giannis for about three, about three and a half quarters. The Hawks ran a clinic on them, but today it was, it was vice versa. They answered back. They were more physical. They jumped. They jumped the gun from the beginning. Coming out, guns blazing. So yeah, the Bucks. We expected this from the Bucks, right? They're the best team. To me, the Milwaukee Bucks is the best team in this series. No disrespect to the Atlanta Hawks. You guys over, um, overperformed. Shocked the world in a sense. You know, you beat the best team in the East as far as like record-wise, the Sixers uh, showed out. And they made this this series interesting. A lot of people were counting them out from the, from the jump. When the game, when the series, uh, when the game started, Eastern Conference Finals game one, they said the Hawks would not be able to make this a, you know, six, seven-game series in this 3-2. Like, it was tied before this. It's crazy. So, you got to tip the head off. You know, Nate McMillan's been doing a great job um, ever since he became the interim coach. Uh, so it's great for him in the city of Atlanta. At the same time, Trey Young is showing his superstar level of, of performances. I mean, he's been playing great before he got hurt. So I hope he does come back. We don't know the status of Trey Young as of yet. Obviously, he missed two games, game four and game five. He missed with a, uh, a bone bruise. I personally be believe it wasn't that. He, obviously, if I heard knew about that before, I would not say that he would not miss a game, but knowing that it was an ankle injury as far as like a, like a sprain, right? The things that are custom to do when you tweak your foot, when you tweak your foot, your muscle link tweaking your ankle. I thought he was going to come back for that. But a bone bruise, yeah, that hurts, man. It's going to take time. So I'm not sure what's going to happen in game six with Trey Young, um, but they have Lou Will, who's capable of doing what he did in game four. Um, you're going to have people come off the bench, so they're, they're going to use like probably like a 10-guy rotation in a sense, eight to ten guys. Um, so we'll see what Nick McMillan does. I'm pretty sure they're going to – the crowd's going to be crazy at, uh, at State Farm Arena in Atlanta. So uh, I expect 
they have to be competitive. Well, they, were, they were competitive in game five, you know, up to the third quarter midway, and then they kind of just lost it from there. Yeah, but here's the crazy thing, right? Uh, despite what I just said, right? Based off of all the playoff games ever since the NBA became the NBA 50-plus years ago, when they when the CB, uh, 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 I believe it was a different league, but they merged with the NBA, right? Ever since the NBA was formed, based on the statistics, teams that are up 3-2 in a best of seven win the series 84% of the time. So let me run that back again. Teams that are up 3-2 in a best of seven Series, those teams win the series 84% of the time. So that means the Milwaukee Bucks got an 84% of winning this, either in game six or in game seven. So we'll see what happens going forward. We don't know uh, if Chris Middleton and those guys, Brooke Lopez, if they can keep it up. I, I just don't really trust them. But hopefully they do, and hopefully they continue to dominate in the paint which they've been doing since game one. But yeah, you know, like the Bucks are one game away. One game away. 48 minutes to go back to the NBA Finals. And the Milwaukee Bucks have never came close in recent history, from what I recall. I remember the Bucks were good when they had, you know, big dog, Glenn Robinson, when they had Sam Cassell, when they had uh, Ray Allen, Tim Thomas, like the Milwaukee Bucks in the early 2000s, when they were competing against the Sixers, who had Ellen Iverson company, when they were competing against uh, the Pacers, who had Reggie, Reggie Miller at the time, when they're competing against uh, uh, the, the Toronto Raptors, when they had Vince Carter and company, right? Or in T-Mac in a sense. The Milwaukee Bucks back then was also great. I like the team. Sam Cassell, I think, had his best number, best career in Milwaukee outside of Toronto, I mean, outside of uh, uh, the, uh, the the Rockets, in a sense, outside of Minnesota Timberwolves when he played with KG. I think his best years was in Milwaukee with Ray Allen and Big Dog Glenn Robinson. But outside of that, Milwaukee has been pretty much irrelevant. Irrelevant. And they haven't made the NBA Finals since 1971 when they won the championship. And I believe they had Will Chamberlain. I could be wrong. I, could, I mean, uh, I mean, sorry, not Will Chamberlain. I take that back. I think it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who won a title in 71. Y'all can fact check me. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. They haven't won a title since 1971. That's been over 50 years. So enough about that. Let's talk about the, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, for example. Uh, not Milwaukee Bucks, the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks, to me, I think, you know, they're international players like Bogdanovich, Gallinari. They played great tonight. Look at these numbers. Uh, you know, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich had 28 points. I think he hit like six or seven to eight three-pointers, somewhere around there. Uh, Lou Will played great, gave you 17 points, even though he kind of struggled in the beginning of the, of the game. Uh, 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 Gallinari gave you 19 points off the bench. John Collins kind of had struggled in the, in, in the first half. I think he went 0 for 6 for his, you know, before he got his first bucket, but he ended up with 19 points. Uh, guys like Kevin Herter, you know, didn't really do well for you. Um, who else? Uh, Cam Reddish gave you 17 points when he uh, gave you seven points when he played 23 uh, minutes. Um, Chris Dunn played eight minutes, zero points. I mean, and Capella has six points. So I mean, like obviously, 
you need those guys to step up at the same time slow down the milwaukee bucks but i mean the, the hawks i don't know what else to say like it's gonna be hard to win three games in a row game five which they lost today game six which they're gonna play in atlanta and if they go back to game seven in milwaukee which i think will be probably monday they don't have no. It's hard to win without Trey Young. It's hard. I mean, you can't you can't use the Lou Wills of the world. You need guys like Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, John Collins, uh, who else? Uh, Gallinari to be your catalyst to kind of carry you to that promised land, right? Because the Milwaukee Bucks is missing their best player, but they have Chris Middleton, who to me is still the best player out of both sides right now. Currently. Without Trey Young and Giannis, they have Brook Lopez. To me, I think he's the better center in the series. He can give you like he just did today, thirty-three points. Capello can never do that ever. He cannot give you thirty points because he can't create his own bucket. Everything's an alley oop or or, or or off the glass, like second second chance points, right? Offensive rebounds or like a pick and roll, you know. And he's in there for a layup somewhere within like three feet of the basket, right? Lopez can do in and out. So I don't see Capella being ever giving you thirty-three points. I mean, unless it's a miracle. They're giving him alley left and right. That means your defense is trash. But like I said, man, man, round of applause. I'm going to pause it here. Round of applause. <laughs> round of applause for uh, Chris Middleton, who showed out. Like I said, he we needed him as far as Milwaukee. Not me, but I'm speaking for people in Milwaukee. Yeah, they needed him to come through. Like, Giannis is out. You got to show out. Gotta show out. So I expect you in game six to be that guy. Nothing less. Like you, I know what Drew is doing. Drew Holiday, he's been playing great so far in this series. He's averaging plus 20 points. But you, Chris Middleton, you've been playing inconsistent. The first two games you played, played butt cheeks, trash. Game three, you balled out, dropped 38 points. And I believe you scored like 20 points or so in the fourth quarter in the last like eight minutes. Game four, you gave us a dud. You shot six for like 17. Then you come out today and give us you give us 26 points on 50% shooting. Like, you're all over the place. And I don't get it. Like, we know how good you are. And the reason why I keep nagging about this is because we know as far as people who observe the game, we know how good you are. And to me, I'm like flabbergasted in a sense. Like, what guy is guarding you for you to shoot that bad? Like, what guy? Bogdanovich? Bogdanovich is a scorer. He can't play defense. Who else? Kevin Herner? Can't play defense. He's more of a shooter. Spot-up shooter. He can create here and there. Who else? Gallinari? He can't guard you. Cam Reddish just came back. He can't guard you. Am I missing anybody else? Solomon Hill, who hardly played in, it, in any of this, any minutes in the series. Come on. You got to do better than that. So game six, I expect Chris Middleton to lead the pack. I expect Drew Holiday to be the playmaker, which he's been doing so far in, in the five games. I expect Brooke Lopez, if you drop 33 points in game five, in Milwaukee and dominating the paint, and I know Nick Miller is going to figure out this. He's going to try. He's, he's going to try to swing back and protecting the paint, the points in the paint. But if you can just dunk all over these guys, and you're not really being challenged in a sense, like you should continue that. 
And if you do get open shots in the perimeter, okay. But go inside consistently and try to end this in game six, which is going to happen on Saturday. And then go to the NBA Finals and compete against the Phoenix Suns and company. Because that's what we want. We want Milwaukee Bucks. We want the Phoenix Suns. We don't want to see the Hawks. I don't want to see the Hawks against the Suns. I don't want to see that because it's going to be lopsided. Even though the Hawks kept the competitive in every single series, it's not going to be the same. It's not. So please give us what we want. We wanted the Lakers. We wanted LeBron James. That's what we wanted. We wanted Kevin Durant and Brooklyn Nets, but you can't give us that, right? Okay, give us the Clippers. Can't give us that either. Okay, give us the Phoenix Suns. Oh, you did that. Okay, now we want Milwaukee Bucks. Because in the East, you couldn't give us the Sixers, right? You couldn't give us the Brooklyn Nets. Give us Milwaukee. Please. And I thank you for that. So we're going to speak about that for sure. There's no games tomorrow, obviously. So we'll see. I'll post some video. I'll post a video on Saturday. And we'll go from there. And I appreciate for everyone that's been tuning in every single every single episode about all these games that's going on. I'm dropping views literally every every day, literally every day. Uh, but hopefully, you know, we watch a good game on Saturday and see what happens. Either they close it out or they go to game seven, which is going to be on Monday. So I appreciate for the ones that have been tuning in. If you've been watching to this point, I thank you guys. I thank you all for real. Like, not, like no cap. I appreciate the love and all the support. I'm trying so hard to get better at this. I really am. So, uh... Like I said, it's going to be a July 4th weekend, so just be safe out there. You know, it's going to be a crazy weekend. And then we'll see you guys on Saturday, man. So until then, man, y'all be safe, man. One love.